This podcast could potentially have adult language, adult themes, definitely drinking, and possibly the possibility of sexual content. Listener discretion is advised. Hello, Drinking With Authors fans. We have some pretty big news from your host here, Erica Lance. We are moving to change the format of the show to be one episode. So there's a few episodes that record the old way that we're doing the new way. And that's what you're listening to. So thank you. Don't forget to like and subscribe. And we love having you as fans. On to the show. Welcome to Drinking with Authors. I am your host, Erica Lance. My co-host today is the, we'll see how long her voice lasts, Valerie Willis. And our guest today is Lucas Lamont. Welcome. Okay. Let's talk about what we're drinking. So in a red solo cup, to be completely apropos, that and I packed my entire kitchen. That's why I have a demon cat behind me right now. (laughs) Instructions happening and I have nothing of my own anymore. But in this cup is cranberry lime and gin. So I'm a little super fancy, but in a red solo cup. So that's what's happening. Val, what are you drinking? Freshly brewed tea with honey because I'm trying to keep the voice going. Why don't you have warm tea? Why do you have iced tea then? Because the coldness feels so good on the throat. I've been drinking hot tea all day and coffee. I'm I'm now it's it's I live in Florida. Like hot tea, I only could take so much. <laughs> wow. Okay. Lucas, what are you drinking? Um, so made an official glass. I oh. have it's it's kind of an interesting concoction. It's fireball and pineapple juice. Ooh. Huh? Mm. Oh, that cinnamon pineapple. All I can think about and, is the Brazilian steakhouse now. And and that's usually the reaction I get from every single person I t- say it to. So yeah. I am now gonna try fireball and pineapple juice. That is that's gonna be a thing. I'm gonna try that. So 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 if you will, there is a story behind this. Oh, please. Do tell, do tell. So in my former life, I was a teacher and believe it or not, I did not start drinking until I was 30. (laughs) (laughs) Erica Uh has a hard time with that. I get that. (laughs) No time. Get no time. And the entire entire reason is, is I absolutely hate the taste of alcohol. I absolutely abhor it. Um, I think I liken it to constantly sniffing my mother's nail polish remover as a kid. Um, that's the only thing that I can come up with these days. Okay. But, um, so, you know, the first thing that happens when you tell people from like 16 to 30 that you don't drink and they say, why? And it's like, because you hate the taste of alcohol. They're like, Oh, I'm going to fix your drink. I'm going to find you the drink that you're going to like. And so everybody wants that badge of getting somebody who doesn't drink to drink and they all fail. Minus one person, her name is Christy and she knows who she is. Um, She brought over to my house during a Christmas party. It was grilled pineapple chunks that were soaked in fireball overnight. And really the point of it was, was to just eat the uh, booze infused fruit. And I did. And I thought it was like the most amazing thing ever. And I kind of commandeered the Cool Whip container to myself for half the night, Um, not really wanting anybody else to have any. But when it got down to the bottom, there was this huge pool of pineapple juice and cinnamon 
And of course the whiskey just kind of sitting in and I'm like, I'm going to try something. So I poured it into a glass and I drank that the rest of the night. And so that was kind of the birth creation of my drink. And every single time that I go to a bar or a restaurant, um, everybody kind of, here's the order. And then they kind of go, okay. I think there's only been one person professionally who has ever heard or made this the, the drink before. But I, I guess I'm a, I'm a trendsetter now with it. But it's really the only drink that I'll drink. I'll do a margarita every once in a while, but this is my go-to. Yeah, no, I we I want to try this now because we had we were, we were at Pensacon and we went. Um, I took Val to a Brazilian steakhouse. I've never done it before, and um, and I love pineapple. I'm bridesmaids flashing in my yeah. Head no, right. it was it was Very it was not so. quite that bad, but. Um, uh, she, they, one of the things they brought around, which surprised me because the other Brazilian steakhouses I've been to haven't done this, but they had, um, pineapple, like warmed pineapple with like cinnamon on it and stuff like that, where you could get a slice of it. And Val was in just heaven when that was happening. And then I I think that I found you your new drink then Val. I really, granted, I tried champagne for the first time on the show and that was that did not go well, Lucas. <laughs> Apparently, champagne hits me hard. <laughs> I don't remember the last half of that episode. So enjoy whoever listens to that. Yeah. I will be texting you and finding out which episode that is later. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. No, no. That's... <laughs> yeah, just send it to me. I'll I'll email it to you because, yeah, it's it's just <laughs> delightful. She's a delightful human being on. I don't think okay. I'm here let's talk about writing though this is what we're here to talk about is writing val not your bad champagne habits (laughs) um um, no (laughs) anyway um so lucas for those out there um who maybe don't and have not heard of you what do you write um i write gay romantic fiction and very specifically gay omegaverse impreg fiction Woo. Any question? A mouthful. <laughs> a mouthful. That is a mouthful. Now, Omegaverse and Mpreg is sort of, it's been around, like a lot of people think it's a new thing, but it's been a, around for a while. For those who may not be familiar with those, could you elaborate? So the Omegaverse itself um, um, is kind of a, a genre that spouted off a of fan fiction. Um, it's this whole, um, almost like this legend mythology of, I believe coming off the show supernatural of somebody wanting to write a a slasher fanfic of two characters being in a Dom sub relationship and then adding, I guess, kind of more, um, I, I guess by today's standards, like pup play like semantics um very animalistic type of things um werewolf shifting um ideas into it um and what was kind of just meant to be a satirical joke of uh, people just flocked to it it got this amazing response to where um everybody who was um reading it was like so you got any more you coming up with any more and 
it just kind of became this thing. Um, so within your, I think probably already existing, um, you know, animal shifter romance novels, there became this whole um, dynamic of um, alpha, beta, omega, um, with uh, social traits, uh, reproductive traits, and that kind of brought into the MPREG, which stands for male pregnancy, about the idea that uh, males can actually uh, carry offspring all the way uh, through the process of childbirth. Oh, wow. Well, and um, so what made you, first of all, what you were a teacher, what did you teach previously? What was your um, previous existence? I was a middle school language arts teacher. Oh, wow. And I did that for seven years and COVID uh, did a really good job of slamming the door on that career. Um, I love it for all it was. I miss it terribly, but um, education in me, it's going to, I think, just kind of transition to a new presence in some way, shape, or form. Um, but I, I I loved it. And it was actually during COVID that I stumbled. I literally stumbled upon this whole genre, um, like everybody else who was stuck at home, not knowing what the heck to do during this uh, pandemic. I'm like, I'm just going to start reading. Um, well, um, have you ever played those, the, you know, freemium games, um, you know, Facebook, you know, and all that stuff where, you know, free to play. But if you want, you know, the premium features, you, you know, that's when you start forking over the coin. And, you know, by the time you finish the game, you didn't realize you paid 50 bucks, you know? Oh, yeah. 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 So it's, um, you know, kind of like choose your adventure stories. You know, you role play a character and you, it's like reading a book, but then you get to choose certain outcomes. And I was doing one of those. And one of them was uh, called Fatal Shadows on the app game Moments. And I had played several uh, by this point, and I'm like, God, this is really good. This almost inspires me to figure out if I can get the rights to this to maybe write like an expanded version of the book. And when I was doing some details, I'm like, oh, why is this story so well written? Because it was already a book uh, by Josh Lanyon, um, who wrote the Adrian English uh, male romance uh, series. So um, I read like that <laughs> that entire series in about a week. And then, you know, I had, you know, kind of that natural thing to where people will like, okay, that's over. I'm depressed now. What the heck do I read? <laughs> the, yeah. The book Angler. Places was oh, like, oh, oh, you read this series. You should read this. And it was called slow heat by Lita Blake. And all I did is I went to the reviews, which were overwhelmingly positive, And all I saw was one review that said, intense. And I'm like, yep, that's the book for me. I had no idea what it was that I was reading. No idea. I thought I was reading just oh. a regular run of the mill, traditional gay romance novel. Mm -hmm. I was not. I was reading a non-shifting Omegaverse M-Prague book, which I think the book opens with these two guys like in the middle of having sex and one of them like begging the other to get him pregnant. I'm like, okay, well, I understand that kink until you go a few pages in and realize, oh no, he was serious. <laughs> <laughs> he was serious about that. And I'm like reading from chapter, 
chapter to chapter with my jaw, like literally on the floor, like, what am I reading? And what did they just get away with saying? And I was hooked. I was instantly hooked. Um, I knew probably at that point I was interested in writing a book like that, but I did myself the good nature service of writing probably or reading probably about 80 books within that genre before okay. I started my first book. Um, but yeah, I was instantly hooked on that genre. I had no idea this thing existed. And thanks to Amazon having no idea what the hell they were recommending to me. Um, now I'm joining the ranks. <laughs> just so you know, Lucas, my favorite part about this is the, the, the exposure just not stop there, right? This whole accidental discovery of Omegaverse, because somehow you landed in the inbox for freelance work with an editor of ours. And she goes, <laughs> she's, and she's like, sure. I love male, male romance. Is she right? She's like, yeah, sure. And then she's like, Val, do you know what Omegaverse is? And I'm like, oh, yeah, that's, that, that's you know, this whole thing. And she goes, this is, she's like, this is crazy. She's like, I, I think I like this. <laughs> and she just kept devouring it, right? She's never, never experienced it. And it, it's, I would say the genre is jarring when you first experience it. But then you see the character development. And I tell people, out of all the genres that are out there, I feel Omegaverse hits that uh, that happy button for that soap opera drama. Like, the drama in those are so fucking awesome between the 100%, characters. 100%. 100%. Absolutely. Yeah, that story about how I got here is itself like this weird like cosmos legend it is crazy it is absolutely crazy but yeah i i i love jen and so you know <laughs> she's she, she's my little angel in disguise you know she is a little angel she, she is she is she, she is. is wandering she's around my email box lucas we're waiting <laughs> because <laughs> they're addicted now Lucas. <laughs> so i love how you got here because it's a very different story and not just because of the genre right but you know it is a big thing to talk about things that don't fit into sort of boxes the traditional publishers like the idea that a traditional publisher would touch an omniverse book is like that's that's not a thing. Super not a thing. And unfortunately, it's super not a thing because the fact of the matter is there's all these different audiences and it doesn't, you know, you don't even get to touch the audiences because you're not even letting them know something like that is there, which is why it's it's absolutely brilliant. But um, writing a book, though, like that's that's like a big deal, like writing a book. So you know, going, I'm going to write a book and your books aren't tiny books. They're not like, oh, this isn't like a little 25,000 word like novella that you just put out. Like this has a root in a huge universe, right? So how, how do you go there to start? Like, how's that? How's that the first baby step out of the cage here? Right. Uh, so, um, you know, it's kind of funny. Um, I've been writing all my life. And ironically, um, if you were to ask my mother, 
who randomly told me one day, oh, you've been a writer since kindergarten. And I'm like, okay, kindergarten, you know, where you're barely teaching somebody how to lift a pencil. What do you mean I was a writer in kindergarten? And I didn't remember until she reminded me, um, instead of writing stories in kindergarten, uh, you would tell stories. And then we had like, it was a teacher's aide who would do like the um, transcription for you. Um, but you would just like tell them a story and then like once a quarter, like we would have this project where we just had to randomly like put, it was like, you know, like, um, you remember like the program was on mad kid picks. Um, it was like this art, um, game. It was just, you know, like a blank page and you could like paint, write, do stamps and all that. It was like that. We got to create that. And then we had to come up with a story that made sense with the picture. And every other kindergartner in class, you know, struggled to get two or three sentences out that, you know, the teacher's aide could write down and print so we could hang these in the hallway. And then I remembered mine. It was like three paragraphs of like a detailed story of what was going on with these characters. Um And so I guess I've always just had this knack for wanting to be a storyteller. Um, So with that being said, it was probably after high school and in college, I had actually made three previous attempts at trying to write a story. I actually still have them. And they all died this horrible death around page 100. Um, And I think the reason why was you know, I had this great concept and the story was going really good. But then all of a sudden, when it came to what the meat and potatoes of the story was about, I couldn't figure out what the story was. I just liked writing. I liked these characters. They were developing, but I really had no compass on where to take them. And then um, when it came to writing this Omegaverse story, a complete left field. And believe me, believe me. I seriously thought this was going to be story number four, stopping at page 100. I seriously did. Um, I I don't know. There was just this clarity that hit me that I knew what I wanted the story to be and what the overall goal was to tell. Uh, the one saving grace that I did do with this story is I did write an outline which I know you don't do. <laughs> I do not do outlines. I love outlines. Sal loves outlines. I, I'll break my outline. I'll my entire Trust book me, I don't outline. follow it verbatim. It'll sometimes need updating as I go, but it does help me yeah. get an idea of what the end goal of the yeah. that arc for the book is. So You know um, what my think- end goal is? It's to not write an outline. I think that process alone has probably saved me as an author because I can finally say, you know, I have this great idea. I know what to do with it. I know what I want these characters to do. And I know how I'm going to get from point A to point B. And what's nice is I don't have to remember anything at that point because I can just go back to this outline whenever I want to look at that outline and be like, oh, yeah. Yeah, that's right. I know exactly what I want these characters to do. I know exactly how they're going to interact, and it's fine. Um, and I guess that's what got me through uh, the first book. <laughs> I, awesome. I think that's great. You know, I I say I write I write a certain every author writes a different way, even just a little nuance that's different. And you have to find what works for you and make makes you a good writer. I mean, some people 
love to write these gigantic outlines of their books, which I just, I, I don't even call them outlines. I call them like mini books of the book because they'll have a 120,000 like word novel, but they've written a 50,000 word outline in addition to it. And I'm like, that's, that's like half the book. What are you doing? But if it's their jam and it, what's, it's what gets them to write, go for it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so you, you are on book four. Uh, yeah. I'm currently writing book four. Book three comes out at the end of the month. I think it's March 25th. Okay. Is, is the... <laughs> I don't remember. I, I know I have I haven't looked lately. I've, I've been kind of needy so a lot of things. I, I I got a brand new job about two weeks ago. I just had to go for jury duty today. My mind has been elsewhere. Were you chosen for jury duty? I was not. I was not. I got out of it. This is the third time in my life I've been chosen for uh, jury duty, and I've been picked for all three. I've been picked for federal. I've been picked for state, and this this one was county. Yep, March twenty fifth. Oh. And I know at one point it was like number 17 and like LGBT fantasy or something like that. New releases. Look at you go, Lucas. Look at you go. So exciting. What you guys don't see is that he loves his covers so much that they're posters behind. <laughs> yes. I don't yeah. <laughs> I don't have a physical copy of the third book, which was recommended in the please bring with you to this podcast. I'm like, I don't have it, but I do. It's a picture. It's fantastic. I love it. No pressure at all to anybody who you're talking to, you know. (laughs) I absolutely love the covers to my books. Um, The few requests that I have asked um, that have gone into these covers and then everything else has just been amazing. Everything has just been amazing. (laughs) <laughs> I, I i think i had um quite quite the response to the third one when that came out and i i did a reply all <laughs> i had a very interesting response <laughs> so now what was it like to get the first book in your hands um you know still to this day the whole thing is a dream um, I don't I don't know at what point it's going to actually be real that, you know, something that I loved doing as a kid, I loved doing as an angsty teen, I loved doing as a reflective adult um, would ever become a profession. I had I, I had zero um hope or even ambition to even think that I was going to become a professional author. This was just, you know, it, it's a, it's an art of love that, that that's all it was. Um, and I never thought that something that I would, you know, just hone as a skill like this, somebody else would say, you know what, we're going to take a chance on you and we're going to give you this opportunity. Um, you know, you, you you hear that about, you know, music stars, movie stars, and yes, even authors and everything, but you just think that you are so far removed because that's all you hear about are the people that are, you know, A-listers, Hollywood, you know, making millions and millions. You don't think that there was ever a tangible piece of it that you would be able to touch. Um, I thought that if anybody was ever going to read something from me, 
it was going to have to be through, you know, kind of like what a lot of people have talked about, even on the Drinking for Authors podcast, self-publishing or, you know, um, their own like social media pages and all that stuff. I sincerely thought that was going to be the only way anybody would ever get to read anything that I wrote outside of my, you know, immediate circle. So uh, the process to even get to holding my first book, um, it's still surreal. Um, I'm not lost. <laughs> um, like you said, this was a complete out of the box left field way that I got here um, that I am 100% grateful uh, because listening to even some of the other authors talk about the journey to even find four horsemen. Um, I don't even know if I could have withstood all that. I don't know if I could have um, done everything that they did without giving up. I really just don't know if I would have had that personality or that gumption to do, to do that. Um, so I am very, very grateful and thankful for the way that it happened. <laughs> See, Erica's head, sh- it's inflating with each, each word, each No, it, it's not though, because, <laughs> you know, I don't consider it, um, a, like an ego point and stuff like that. I think that, you know, I don't like hearing author stories that are so hard And so not that I don't think you have to work to earn something. And I don't think you should just, um, if you don't put in the effort to like complete the books and stuff like that, like people who don't finish a book, but query the books, I go, no, you need to finish the book. Like you need to finish the book if you're going to query a book, because especially if it's your first book, you you know, like it takes a bunch to write, you know, even your journey where there are three others in the, you know, story graveyard that are just sitting there at page 100. But the fact that authors have to go through so much and persevere so hard through all this adversity, and it's not like at the end of it, you get a gold medal necessarily. You're just like, okay, I'm finally published, or I'm finally in a place where, you know, my work isn't being changed. That's what's terrible to me. And that's what I'd love to see change just overall, you know, I think that anyway, that's my thing, but I'm glad we created a very safe, wonderful environment for awesome authors who have awesome voices. Uh, Our plan to take over the publishing industry is working. (laughs) The apocalypse. The The absolute apocalypse. Hey, listeners. You know me, Eric Lance. You're just listening to me in the podcast that you have. But guess what? I'm doing something new. Yeah, she's joining me, Mark Muncy, the author of the Erie, Florida book series in Erie, Appalachia. And we are hosting a new podcast called Erie Travels. Woo-woo! Erie Travels, which covers things like ghosts, cryptids, weird stuff, UFOs, men in black, all kinds of fun things that people talk about. And I'm sure you've discussed with friends. Yep. And you can listen to us on your favorite podcast platform of choice or find us at eerietravels.com and join in the fun and all the spooky goodness. And of course, Mark, what do we always say? We'll see you on the other side. So this was the first time this has ever happened, but um, Lucas asked for his narrator to join the drinking with authors call and his narrator happens to be chase johnson who's one of our more prolific narrators amazing and so surprise surprise here is chase so welcome chase thank you for having me 
Absolutely. So Lucas, um, you were the one who was excited about this. Why were you, what, what were your thoughts? Why were you like, you don't get the narrator on the call? <laughs> um, I'm not going to lie that um, after the first book got published and um, I got the audition for um, your, your narration, there was just something about it that brought the book for me to the next level. It's it's one thing to have your book in your hand and you can read the story and you know I mean we're, we're we're authors the stories come to life in our heads automatically otherwise we couldn't do this but then to have a third party bring your story to life um with the emotions uh with the inflections with the drama um and quite frankly spot on I will say um, and then close your eyes and then listen to it. It is the most out of this world experience that um, brings um, what I believe my characters to a whole new level that I never, ever thought uh, could possibly happen. And I'm not going to lie to you. Every single time that I'm in my car and I have to use Google Map, when I plug in my phone, automatically my stories are the first things that play in my car. And so like my audiobooks are playing in the car. So I got Chase Johnson reading my stories while I'm like going to work in the morning, while I'm like heading up, you know, to visit family and everything. Like that's what's playing in my car because I'm so entertained by listening to these characters come to life for me. And it is the biggest compliment uh, to me that number one, that not only you did it, but number two, you did it with a professionalism that literally sends chills down my spine. And this opportunity to tell you that um, kind of in person, I guess <laughs> through a podcast um, is the um, biggest thank you that I can give to four horsemen and you. Uh, so thank you so much for that. <laughs> Well, I can say I'm rather glad I'm currently a 2D image because um, that that's actually more impactful than you would know. So a uh, bit of a side tangent, as you can probably imagine, hearing like genuine critique about my sort of work is hard because like the people around me, they don't know. They're not going to know. Like there are just certain things that I'll tell them about my job like, oh, yeah, I tell stories. Mm -hmm. I've got this one going on about, you know, legally distinct Gundam. But obviously there's stuff that just because of where I live and whatnot, I can't tell them everything. But I always appreciate that no matter what the work is, I try to do everything I can to bring it to life. So getting genuine feedback on whether somebody likes it or not, other than just hey, this bit's too loud, or we're getting a peak here, or hmm, for some reason, this chapter, which is four, but we see it as three, keeps coming back wrong, what's going on, all that stuff, which is important, but like hearing genuine, like somebody actually appreciates the work, that that means a lot, like well, a real lot. Chase, I'm, I'm so glad we got this opportunity. I mean, I know, for instance, Valerie, Gushes up. Go ahead, Val. You can do your <laughs> look, look, my favorite reading so far has to be Goldie and her three beards. You nailed that championess oh. of that story so epically. 
that I I shared that audiobook. I, I mean, I think I bought a couple of copies just to gift to people because I'm like, you have to listen to this. Like, you're going to die laughing. It is the best thing ever. Uh, and the fact that every time Goldie had internal dialogue, that you had embodied this whole more masculine growliness to her <laughs> thoughts. Only, I mean, I was in stitches and I, I adore it, you know, because it's so hard for me to write as Honey Cummings, as Erica knows, my face turns red every time I talk about it. Mm-hmm. But thank you for bringing though that the craziness that I write about to some sort of life as well. Um, and, and like you said, a lot of times, um, even as a typesetter, like all we are, then most interactions we get is, hey, you need to fix this. Hey, you need to tweak this. Hey, where's this file? Hey, how long you're going to take? It's all mm-hmm. that production side business, but we never get to gush with each other for five minutes. So like, it's, it's really awesome that we get to gush tonight for a little bit. Right. Right. And I remember that one specifically because I was just reading it and I, I knew what it was, right. It's like, if I remember that collection correctly, it's just, it's all pastiche isn't the right word, but it's basically like poking fun at old fairy tales and everything like that. So I'm immediately thinking of like the three gold or the three bears and everything and just going like, this is somewhat of a shit boast, only a little bit, but like, obviously it's in good fun, but you know, it's, it just is what it is. But I had a lot of fun with that too. Yeah. No, Chase, you're awesome. I feel terrible now because I'm the one always like, correct chapter three. Like, that's, like I want to like, hurry away from this podcast at this moment in time. No, no, I don't I'm mind. I'm the one he's talking about that's like, hey, can you fix this? No, I don't mind. Like, like I genuinely don't. Mistakes just happen. You're like, whenever you deal with anything where it's like, I'm recording for eight hours on end, not on end, but like in total, I'm going to miss something. That's just part of the process. So that, that doesn't bother me. It's just, it's so hard, especially in this business. Cause like, if you want to get genuine feedback, if you can't just show the work to somebody either because they don't have any interest or whatever, you can't get any good reviews online that are going to go through the performance. Right. That's just not going to happen. It's, it's not like video games or anything like that, where you can find a certain reviewer who's willing to spend like 40 minutes dissecting the texture on a wall. That just doesn't happen. <laughs> yeah. But. Hey, like, whole, new, whole new thing out there for you listening. If you guys want to start dissecting narration, I bet the narrators would love that, but it's true. People, you know, you do a lot of narration for four horsemen, which mm-hmm. is, you know, our, our company, not the, the podcast, uh, and Lucas is there. And you've been a narrator with us going into our fourth year now, which has been kind of amazing. Um, it's been four years. Holy it's been God. almost four Crazy. years, Chase. I'm just saying, like, you're like old school. You're like a veteran with four years <laughs> at this point in time. Um, Honestly, I didn't even notice. I mean, that sounds rude, but, like, I've just been... I've been doing narration work. Oh, God. I think I started, well, just like a little brief side tangent history. I wanted to get into like proper voice acting. Well, proper. Basically, I grew up in like the 80s. I grew up watching like, you know, the old Toonami cartoons, Dragon Ball, Reboot, 
Sailor Moon and all that stuff and everything. And I always appreciate the craft work behind it. And I wanted to do that growing up. Uh, spoiler alert, unless you live in Texas or I think it's Toronto in Canada, you're not going to do that just because that's where the major studios are. But um, so I figured I tried doing like, you know, video game voice acting. Spoiler alert. That's also not going to happen unless you happen to live in California or where the other big actors are like Nolan North, Steve Bloom. Uh, God, I always forget his name. Uh, Troy Baker. That's it. There we go. Basically, like those are jobs that are basically if you don't live in the right area, and you don't have the connections. Well, tough shit. Right. And that's fine. That's just what it is. But narration and audiobooks was something I ended up just happening upon after talking to one of my buddies about it. I'm like, I don't know. But the more and more I tried, and it's tried because it's like any other acting gig, right? You throw 100 darts at a wall, and if one comes up and hits, you're thanking God or whatever is listening. But um, I grew to appreciate it more and more, and it just kept going there and there, and I remember getting the offer from Erica to have it be a more consistent thing. And I just went for it. I've been grateful for it ever since. Oh, we've been very grateful for you. Like you yes. do amazing work for us. So absolutely. Yeah. And I think the best part is every project you take on, you do exactly what Lucas said and what Valerie kind of said in the voice of Honey Cummings. Yeah. <laughs> you see the look on her face Lucas? like she's written no lie at this point i think like 17 books under honey coming look the the crazy thing about it is that i went to indiana comic-con and and i had never been that far north i usually stay in florida it was my first time out of state i get roped into joining for a panel I sit down. I am sitting next to some big names. And you know who they recognize? They recognize me, not because of Valerie Willis, which is what I was, who I was there as. <laughs> the the women started cackling and they're like, you're Honey Cummings. And I go, damn it. Do not expose me here. That is not what I'm here for. <laughs> it sounded like you were in an arranged marriage and somebody forced that name upon you. <laughs> What's funny about this is when we first like started hanging out as friends and stuff, and she had this one little book, which was the Beast, the Beastor and the Professor, right? Yeah, yeah, it was like uh, Bo and the Professor Bichelora or something. Yeah, yeah. So she had this one book, and um, I asked her to go to a conference with me. She's she loves this story, so I tell her that it is a fetish conference. Somehow, I do not I hear that. Word, All I heard was conference. And do you want to be on a panel to talk about how to write sexy? <laughs> and I had done that before. So I was like, yeah, I like conferences. I'll go. I did not hear her say that. <laughs> so yeah, sure. I, I did preface with the word fetish. So um, <laughs> fetish con is in St. Petersburg, Florida, or was before COVID. And so we're driving. We get there. We're walking in. And Valerie goes, Wait, what kind of conventions? <laughs> and they're like, and they're like, what's your name? And I said, this is, my name is Valerie Willis. And they're like, no, you can't use your real name. I'm like, I'm at a conference where you can't use your fucking real name. And then Erica and the other two people are like, Erica goes, use your other name, Val. And I'm like, 
can't do that. And I'm like trying to talk to the guy and I'm like, I'm stuttering. And I'm like, it's, um, my name is uh, going to be uh, uh, money. I'm like, where are you guys sticky note? Write it. <laughs> this story gets better by the nice. way. So we're walking to our panel room and um, our, they had a, a series of panel rooms and um, our panel room, there is a gentleman with a saddle on his back right out inside the panel room. Oh, is that all? Save a horse, ride a cowboy. Yeah, exactly. And so um, the room next to us had instruction on how to do safe pony play. Mm. And then we go into our panel room, which it's me. It's a gentleman named Raymond Clouse who co-authors with me um, on one of my series. And then one other person and Val has her little books. It was so adorable. So we sit down and all these people start walking in and sitting down and they have things like listen, know, when, tape when over they their nipples. Imagine the like, audience in their underwear. I've been there. It does not help. You didn't have to imagine people. There, the, when a person goes, I'm a teacher. And should I use pen names for my, my regular stuff in my children's book? And I could see her nipples through her shirt. It's very hard to have that conversation with someone. It was pretty awesome. It was, Eric it was, was like, where the fuck are you looking? And he said, try to look down, but down is not safe. Something. Like I'm looking for something on this. Yeah, she was talking to people like this. She's like, well, if you're going to use a name, I would suggest she looked like she had something going on mentally or something. I'm like, where are you looking right now? And she's like, she tries to look down and then is like, oh, God. (laughs) It was fantastic, by the way. So. Um, No, the cherry on top was when when you insisted we had to walk to the merchandise. I, I mean, if I you're going to go to a convention, are you really not going to leave without some souvenir? I mean, at that point, it's thank just you, a Chase. Thank you. Of course, Valerie does this. We're walking through. This is such a fun story because it's so embarrassing still. And this is like five years ago. Oh, God. Okay. So we're walking through the vendor section. And I actually legitimately wanted to see if there were any author tables in the vendor area. Like, could you sell books at this con? We were both erotica writers. Like, is mm-hmm. that a thing? And um, uh, there was a couple little booths, but we walked past this one booth and Val goes, hey, hey, I had a necklace like that before when I was in high school. And I look over <laughs> and it's a collar. <laughs> oh, a necklace, like a legitimate collar with the little metal thing. To be fair, Wait, I think on. we're the same generation. I know what she's talking about. They sold them at Hot Topics. I'm actually curious. Is it like the um the circle loop one, or yeah, is it like an actual yeah. doll? Uh, oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. The, the thing of one that'd be like on a Doberman. I mean, like just just totally like cliche. Oh, a dog collar. Like, yeah. yeah. I was thinking again. I was thinking the more subtle, like loop no, necklace no, I've seen. No, like no. very. No, it was right. this, and it had a thing. But when you point, and I know that she was talking about hot topic. I got it. But she points over. Oh, I had a necklace like that, and I literally just slow turned, and I'm like, "Yeah, that's a collar." <laughs> and 
until they face what they have to do and make probably the hardest decision they've ever had to made or make. There's that. And there's another scene in the first one I really enjoy where, again, I'm bad with names, but if I remember right, it's one of Roman's friends who I inadvertently ended up modeling after. This is kind of an odd pull. You ever heard of Yakuza 7? There's a character in there who is a gangster. He's voiced by Robbie Draymond. And he tends to have a very slimy, snaky <laughs> voice. Right? And he ends up going off on a deep end on a very relevant tangent after he does something very stupid that kind of echoes. And there's just this real, raw, genuine pain from somebody who genuinely just made things fucking worse out of his own angers that was a lot of fun to just do yeah that i really enjoyed about it and there's just something special about being able to read a monologue that you can tell has genuine like furor behind it and just going with it yeah that was one of the things i loved about both <laughs> books is that those events come up from different perspectives and different emotions that can be explored behind it. That was just fun's not the right word, but it was good. Right. And, and 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 I think that's what I'm trying to hit home here is you you read it and you exactly know what to do. But then once again, I mean it's you know as as an author, especially as a new author, you are really humbled by the idea that what you want to convey is getting across. And somebody who is professionally bound to tell your story, bring mm -hmm. it to life. And because of that, essentially, it cements what the story sounds like. I mean, if somebody wants to hear an audiobook, it's going to be by Chase Johnson. And so you have essentially taken my words and it's been entrusted in you that you know what's going on in the story, exactly what these characters are like and how they say it. There is not one time, there is not one time in both books that you have narrated that I'm like, nope, that's wrong. He didn't, he didn't get what I meant right. Not once. I mean, you have nailed it every single time. And I'm not trying to like inadvertently put that back onto me as a compliment as, oh, he's a good author. I mean, obviously, you know, he wrote it, you know, <laughs> so obviously, you know, if he wrote it that way, you know, if it's that good that I can interpret it that way, he knew what he was doing. I don't view it like that at all. <laughs> I don't. Um, I just view it as um, another thank you to a very awesome professional artist um, that was just so amazing to, uh, I don't want to say watch, but here. <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> so thank you. <laughs> well, no, I've like, there are a number of works I've done for you guys. I really appreciate the um, Wolves of Wharton was another fun one I did through a series that I enjoyed where that also was a small, fun conversation because um, there's a midway point where the perspective shifts between two young women, and that was new. I wasn't <laughs> sure how that would go, and I just remember getting the email because at the time, I didn't know it was part of the same series, and I just get the email like, are you down to doing a lesbian book? And I'm like, um, I don't know if the clientele will want to hear from me, but I mean, sure, I'll try. And I like to think I did a good job in that one too, but you know, it you is did. What it is. No, that was Bo. She wanted you to do the next one, but I had to ask because yeah. it did go from a male, 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 female. Because I think it goes male, 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 female, 
male, female, 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 male, female, or something like that. From what I remember, and again, it's been a bit, all the side stories were male and female, but the main through line was mostly male, male, aside from like a few side couplings and whatnot. And then there was the, I think that was the third book where the focus shifted on um, the sister and her girlfriend. And that was an interesting experience too. But again, it's been a bit because that was another fun one as well. Dealing with like going back in time and one of the side stories that was like 1950s or 40s Hollywood. That was a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah. No, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, I'm glad. Chase, it has been super fun having you on this podcast with us. We have to, we're going to wrap up, but Chase, mm-hmm. um, before Lucas does his shameless self-promotion about where you can find him and his books, do you have somewhere people can check you out? I mean, if you want to hear like my audio works, you can either check on your website, look up my name, Chase Johnson, and you'll find everything I've done with you. And if not, you'll find other stuff I've done on Audible. Just look up Chase Johnson narrator and you'll find me. Uh, Other than that, like I occasionally stream on Twitch and play video games under like twitch.tv slash A-R-D-A-I-L-E-C. But, you know, that's not much. It's just me playing like old rpgs or dungeon crawlers and just chilling for a bit so that's so now we it. know we can stalk chase on twitch i mean if you want to sure like i'm basically <laughs> well i don't know i'm pretty deep into labyrinth of galeria very very good game harrowing story absolutely love it though very you wouldn't cool. yeah Old school dungeon crawlers are one of my favorite genres and everything. And we get those like once every few years just because it's such a niche genre. So it's been a thrill. Very but, cool. But um, yep, that's about it, really. Okay. Well, and on our on the Four Horsemen site is Chase's contact information if you'd like him to narrate a book or just call you and 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 help you go to sleep at night because his voice is so amazing just read bedtime stories like that should be a whole thing people reading bedtime stories i just want to hear him read goodnight moon <laughs> i mean come okay. on okay thank you we will work on 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 chase recording goodnight moon not <laughs> copyrighted and we're not going to sell it we just for entertainment purposes <laughs> gosh before i get some hate mail lucas how do people find you in your books Mm-hmm. So um, I am mainly on uh, Facebook. I'm author Lucas Lamont. I also have the uh, Wix uh, page um, with my name on it as well. Uh, books, I seem to have like the most traction on Amazon. So you can find me on there. I got my first two that are still published on there. Uh, Roman's Reckoning and Mikhail's Moment and the new one right behind me. I don't know if that's backwards. Is that backwards to you no, guys? No, it's right. Oh, okay, well, it's backwards to me. But I mean, he's uh, facing backwards, but otherwise I think the poster looks right. <laughs> uh, Stephen's Second Chance will be uh, debuting on March 25th as a digital copy and uh, soon to follow as a print copy. And then hopefully very soon after, because I know I asked Chase uh, to do the third audiobook for Stephen's Second Chance, which for you, Chase, is going to feature um, a lot of new characters. Oh, good. I can't wait. <laughs> no, I, I'm genuinely excited. It's just there were challenges with that work just by the nature of it, which were fun to do, but hard but you know i still enjoy it <laughs> well that's very, good 
Yes. Heartedly <laughs> enjoy it. That's what I'm taking away from the conversation. That is going to, yeah, that's, yeah, the, the, that's, that's the takeaway. <laughs> that is the takeaway. Hard and he enjoyed it. Yeah. <laughs> that, that, that's all I need. Hello, Drinking With Authors fans. This is your host, Erica Lance. Because of the change of the format of the show, welcome to the literary briefs portion. Enjoy. So this is rapid fire questions. Um, God. Yeah, no, no pressure. You can't fuck up worse than Val just did, so it's okay. <laughs> I set the bar really low. Don't worry, Lucas. <laughs> okay, so Lucas, what is your favorite book of all time? You know, this is a tough question for me because I'm one of those people that get so entranced when they find a good book that I get obsessed over it. And so it's kind of one of those things like, oh, this is my new favorite book. Oh, this is my new favorite. Okay, what's book. your latest obsession then? Um, well, um, I have not um read a lot lately be because of being an author. You know, it's kind of like double downing on that. Um, but I'm still gonna go with the first book that got me to uh, this point. So I'm gonna go uh, Fatal Shadows by Josh Lanyon, which is the first book in the Adrian English uh, murder mystery series. It's also a gay uh, male romance, kind of a slow burn type of thing. Highly recommend it. And it's a series. So um, you will not just get to experience that over one book. I think there's about five books in their series uh which is great it's very I cool i forgot that val got me so like sidetracked with her weird hot chocolate bullshit that could have been way sexier than it ended up <laughs> um that i think we forgot to say what me and you were drinking lucas so i oh. have the very last bit of my cranberry lime and um gin but it's real cranberry juice so it's a little tart and i'm enjoying it i love that i love that and i am a, like on my two and a half glass of pineapple fireball so if i'm I look so a little, gonna try that so if i look a little glazed that's why <laughs> you are. it's okay it. no judgment because we're already judging val so we can't have room for all <laughs> that judgment on this show i would um, rather be drunk on pineapple fireball than hot chocolate i'm just gonna say that <laughs> Okay, judgment shifted. Judgment shifted dramatically in the last 30 seconds. Um, and you have to watch the YouTube to see the judgment. It can't be translated. Okay, so Lucas, what about your least favorite book? What is a book that you did not enjoy? You know, I knew this question was coming. And I, I, I've been trying to reconcile being able to say it. And the fact is, because of my latest profession, I can't. <laughs> because it would be a conflict of interest to say why this book wasn't uh, my favorite. Um, the, here, here, here is where I'll at least give you a hint. It was a book within the gay male and preg omegaverse. However, this book was full of toxic masculinity. That's as far as I will tell you is very stereotypical, very like muscle bound, very macho, very never let them see you bleed uh, type of book. And that is its very own uh, subgenre, which is very interesting to see these guys get pregnant because it's kind of like, oh, well, that's not very macho, <laughs> at least in my head. 
Um, but I have read a couple of those types of books which show that very, very toxic masculinity that I've talked about, and I can't finish them. It, it's to the point to where I've gotten like a third, maybe even a halfway through the book, and I can't stand it. So despite the fact that I am a um, absolute fanatic of uh, gay Omegaverse and Prague fiction, um, there are still sub genres within that genre that I can't, I can't do. It just turns me off. But like I said, because of my latest profession, I can't exactly tell you why, because it is a complete conflict of interest <laughs> of my current job that I currently hold. <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, what about, um, do you believe in the paranormal? I do. And boy, does that have its own story. Ooh, do tell us that story. I lived in a haunted house. Ooh. I love this, especially with my new podcast, Eerie Travels. Tell me I love haunted house stories. Um, it was to the point to where, yes, we actually had a legit um ghost team go into our house. And oh. um, oh my god. Was it an actual legit ghost team or was it supposed to be a legit ghost team? I would say legit. I would say legit, um, like, no, like, um, I mean, I, I would say, I mean, they weren't exactly, you know, like on the six o'clock news saying, hey, do you got a ghost problem? You know, call us Ghostbusters. Oh. Um, it, it wasn't like that. I don't, I don't okay. know how many, I don't know how many places are actually like that. But yeah, we had a ghost hunting team go through our house to try to figure out if they could figure out anything. Um, and let me tell you, this house, the minute that, um, it was um, my ex-husband and I, um, we weren't married yet. We had moved into this house in Rochester, Minnesota um, that we had got during the um, financial crisis. So, you know, the house was dirt cheap, way below what it should have been. And literally moment one, walking into that house, there was something wrong with it. There really, really was. The strangest things that happened in it, um, um, my ex had a dog and I mean, I had been with him at that point for about three years and my ex had had him for much longer than that. And this was the only time he would go outside, go to the bathroom, but then he would run to the end of the property line, sit and then stare at the house. And he would just stare at the house and he would not come in. We literally had to pick him up and bring him back into the house because if we ever let him out the front door he would go to the bathroom right past the sidewalk and then run to the end of the property line sit and then stare at the house and he would not move you gotta listen to the animals i'm a firm believer in listening to the animals so there was that um the bathroom light turned on by itself the bathroom tub turned on by itself Ooh. Um, and then, um, the thing that got us to get the host or, or, um, this was one, we had this really, really heavy, um, artwork that was above the master bed and, and it, it, it was heavy. It took both of us to put this on the wall, um, with a very, very heavy screw system, mind you, to make sure it didn't fall off. We went, we came home from work one day, went into the bedroom, got in there and it fell off. And well, we didn't know it had fallen off. It was just missing. We were like, what the hell? 
it had pulled out of the wall. It was a screw, mind you, but it was completely flush against the wall to where if it had fallen, it would have like ripped out the drywall for it to fall. It was as if somebody had taken the painting down, set it on the floor, and then pulled the entire screw system out of the wall to all that was was just like the clean hole that was created from when you had to put it in the wall in the first place. But yet the entire painting was sitting on the floor, flush against the wall, up against the bed behind it, um, and couldn't figure out how it got there. It didn't break. The glass didn't break. The frame didn't break. Nothing. Um, but then the very last thing that got us to contact the ghost testing team is we were sleeping. We had just gone to bed, shut off the lights, we're in bed. And then all of a sudden my, ex, well, I hear, it sounds like this 85 year old person with emphysema trying to breathe and they can't catch their breath. And I'm hearing this constantly, just like, <sighs> like constantly. And I'm like, is this for real right now? And I didn't say anything. My ex didn't say anything. And because he didn't say anything, I thought I was just going crazy. And then all of a sudden the dog started barking in tandem with when the breathing would stop and would bark every single time it quit. And I'm like, I'm hearing this legitimate. And so I finally say something and I'm like, are you hearing this? And he goes, yeah. It's like, um, what do we do? And he's like, I'm going to turn on the lights. He turns on the light. It instantly stops. Ooh. So that's when we con contacted the ghost hunting team. They went through the entire house. They didn't get anything, you know, like blockbuster movie type thing that you would expect. But the strangest things were is there were a couple of voices that ended up showing up on their recording systems. And they had placed this brand new recording device in the um, guest bedroom um, that I thought was the strangest room that I didn't like the most. They had put a recording device on the window. You hear these steps walking up to it, this slamming noise, and then the tape stops. And they said that when they went back to the recording, when they do this ghost hunting stuff, they put brand new batteries in all of their um, um, audio equipment. And they said the batteries were completely dead. and They couldn't figure out why. Wow. So those were the strangest things that happened in that house. Wow. Um, the house was sold three times before we bought it. And since then, the house has also been sold about another three or four times. There's something about that house. Okay, that Lucas, separately of this, you've got to send me that information because I'm going to look into that house and go see for what it. happens. Go yes. for it. Yeah. Because that's Mark Munzee are going to go on eerie travels and they're going to research your haunted ex house. Yeah, <laughs> we, we, we've, driven, we've driven by will. the house since then, and the number of times I've just wanted to get out of that car, hopefully wearing black and like you know like this you know like black like you know eighteen twenties like you know like children of the corn hat with a Bible and just say, "Have you experienced anything paranormal in this house?" I've wanted to do that so bad, <laughs> so bad. But I haven't. He's ready to survey the new residence. <laughs> I am. I am. I, I, I want to know if the child is holding the doll that I saw there hanging in the closet. You know, you know, kind of, you know, those things. I what? totally, I totally just made that up. Oh, oh God! Wait. <laughs> <laughs> wait, you didn't even tell us the best thing, Lucas. 
fucking liar storyteller. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So is there any genre that you would like to write that, but you haven't yet? <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, um, I, um, I'm very much a nostalgia type person. As a matter of fact, if you go through, um, starting March 25th, um, all three books that, um, are published by me, there are several, several references to pop culture, especially movies that only like an insane, like person like me who knows like movie references and movie quotes would know that there are actually several instances in all of my books that reference pop culture um through that and so i i don't know if it was just kind of a natural segue for me but i kind of want to write an anecdotal almost kind of instruction satirical book on what it was like growing up in minnesota I actually have um, like a third of it written, I think, in like this um, Excel file of where I've been keeping track of all this stuff that is basically going to pay an homage um, love letter to my growing up in a very uh, Southern Minnesota nice community um, that is basically just a, a nice little joke book and, you know, feel good uh thing that it um that really just encompasses you know all of the good people but yet kind of the snarkiness that i grew up with that um it's kind of a humor put together between my father and my mother fused into one person that's what i like to think of myself as i got like dad jokes and like roseanne sarcasm like fused into one that's kind of my humor um so that's kind of one thing that I'm hoping to do soon that um, I am wanting to take part in. But um, I am going to also live, you know, ride or die by this um, gay Omega verse fiction because um, I love it so much. I love it. The, 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 what I like about it the most is the rules that you can break and it doesn't mean a goddamn thing. I love it. I just love it. <laughs> I, that's very very true val do you have any questions questions uh if you could be any she's a co-host she's done this literally hundreds of times <laughs> shut up shut up you could be any office supply what would it be <laughs> i mean it's gonna be close you're you're, 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 you're gonna go job interview on me aren't you <laughs> no it's if you could be any kind of magical mythological folklore kind of cryptid creature which one would you choose Ooh. I know it's hard. It, it is. It is usually. Um, so um I guess anything with you know kind of like a witch altering power. Um that's that's that 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 that's kind of my dig. You know, I'm not really into, you know, like you know, like animal morphing, you know, I'm not really into, you know, like having wings or anything like that. Um, but just being able to be a person that, you know, can really, you know, make spells happen, you know, whatever it may be. I think that's, I think that's kind of my role. Yeah. So, so witch, warlock, I guess that type of thing. I, I guess we're going that direction. I like it. I like it. Oh, 
innate innate magical ability or you want to have to cast spells? Ooh, I'm going to go innate. I like innate. Mm-hmm. I feel like those are more, you know. Yeah. Yeah, I want to be able to fucking summon a goddamn. Yeah, I, yeah. I, don't, I, don't, I don't. I don't. I don't need to go Hallmark card rhyming scheme. Let's just let's just do the shit. Let's just <laughs> let's make just it happen. I love it. When I, I get pissed it. off, I want the whole everything to explode around me. Thank you. <laughs> Thank yeah. you. Very much the craft. Very much. Yes. Yes. Very much. Yep. Yeah. I one thousand percent agree. One thousand percent. Okay. What about a, a w- weird food combination? Weird One of our faves. Weird food. Yes. A weird food. Okay. Well, it may not be a combination, but I do have a food that, well, a food type that I guess is not um, frequently loved or talked about. Okay. Um, I'm a fan of really anything pickled. Um, I grew up in a bar in Southern Minnesota. Um, and when I say grew up, yes, I mean, literally grew up, you know, from like age two to age 12. That's where I was every Friday night. Um, and so from that experience, I have eaten like pickled eggs, pickled gizzards. And like, um, those are my favorite. My dad absolutely loves pickled herring. I get that from him. I have had pickled green beans, pickled fish, pickled okra, and I love it. And so I'm a really big fan of foods that are pickled. So that's my uh, shameless plug for eat pickled foods. <laughs> I like that's it. Great. I like it. Um, what about, what is your favorite ice cream flavor? Mint chocolate chip. Ooh, so much so that it is in the second book. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. What about um, reviews? So when your first book came out, are you, do you, do you read your reviews? I do. I do. Are maybe, you, maybe, maybe I look decision? at them a little too much, but I do. I do look at them. Yes. <laughs> How has that been for you? Cause not all authors can handle that sort of um, audience feedback. You know, let me talk to you about something, you know, and being an author honestly came at the best time in my life. Because, I mean, number one, when you write gay Omegaverse Empreg fiction, the first thing that you hope the author has is a pretty uh, thick skin when it comes to what the hell you're writing. And then the content that I chose to write within the books themselves um, really kind of lent itself to say, um, okay, you better get with it because you're... Um, going to get published to the world here. Um, I don't really care what people think, honestly. I'm kind of in that mindset. And I have the philosophy that, you know, if you don't like a book, it doesn't mean that I did wrong. It doesn't mean that I'm a bad author. It means this book wasn't for you. Um, And that's my philosophy on it. And immediately... I think it was probably even when I thought about doing um, self-publishing, I had that mindset, but definitely uh, when Four Horsemen um, agreed to publish me, that was my mindset. So if there was anybody who that I was going to fear personally, privately, publicly on Amazon or Goodreads or Barnes and Noble telling me that they didn't like my book, I was just going to let it fall off me. Because I was just at a point in my life where it's like, you know, this is my art. This is what I accomplished. 
I know it's not going to reach everybody um, that I'm just going to have to deal with. And so I was fully prepared for that. But yes, I have read the reviews and I would say to answer your question, the biggest thing that I didn't realize was how many new people I was going to rope into the genre. And I don't know why. I don't know where it's coming from. The but gateway a lot... drug. Who's <laughs> <laughs> a gateway no, drug? There, there are welcome. <laughs> there are thousands and thousands and thousands of gay omegaverse and prank fiction books out there. And for some reason, the people who feel compelled to leave me reviews online are the people who are. It's, it's like I'm teaching them like what this genre is about. And the number one um, thing that they write in the review is I'm so glad this author put a vocabulary section in the beginning of his book describing what all these terms are. And I guess that's the teacher in me. <laughs> right. right. But, but, but I would say that is the number one comment I get in the reviews is that thank God somebody has explained to me in the beginning of the book what all these genre terms mean. And I did. And I don't even know what possessed me to do that. I don't know what told me, hey, I'm going to write this vocabulary section in the beginning of all my books that tells all these new readers what um, this genre is like. Because if you were to show that to any seasoned reader, I'm sure they'd look at that and go like, really? You did what? <laughs> but um, honestly, like that is what I get in most of my reviews. And it's, it's it's entertaining, but I just never thought that somehow I would hit this niche of new readers coming into the genre and also appreciating it. So that that, that that's really cool to see that. Well, and I I think it's, you know, thoroughly amazing. I think it's great because again, there there are all kinds of genres out there and it's not where a lot of people think stuff will land right like there are so many um genre change things and although you do have you're in the genre and stuff like that it's a genre that is not talked about the way like hometown romances you know and so i i i think it's awesome i love that you're doing that and bridging those sort of um, gaps in people's understanding, but, um, yeah, no, you have, and for just for the record, when you go to do your shameless self-promotion plug, the hardback paperback are also available for Steven's second chance for pre-order right now. Yeah. What? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Are you serious? Yes. yes. Um, I did not know this. <laughs> well, cool. <laughs> Yay. Well, you should search yourself on Amazon sometime. <laughs> how we keep track i mean we we google ourselves often <laughs> yes i did not know that yeah no it's we've been working on getting that a little little faster a little you faster. know i will you know i will say um you know R roman's reckoning will always have you know a special place in my heart you know for being that first book I, th th this this is what i'll say Roman's Reckoning has the best drama of all three books. Oh my God, that book has the best drama. Book two has the best character development. Book three, shamelessly, has the best writing. And I think you would naturally expect that from an author that as they continue to write books, they get better. But 
Um, I was really, really excited when Steven's Second Chance Part One got uh, finished and and is now, you know, on the cusp of being published. I'm really, really excited for this book. So very cool. Okay, Val, you get one more question, and then I'll do the final one. Okay. Um, as writers, we always develop like bad habits in our writing with, and it, and it, I always talk about how each book, it changes. Like you, you fix that bad habit from last novel, but this uh-huh. novel you're now treated out. So what current bad habits have you caught yourself doing? I was really hoping this question was a good <laughs> <laughs> Listen, listen, Linda. Uh, oh. my recent one was. Uh, I made the mistake of not flushing out because there's one series that are right in first person. I said, saying his hand, her hand. I kept adding the word own, his own hand, his, her own. So that that's my most recent one. Yeah. Let's just say this all came ahead to when I was in my last relationship and I literally had somebody say, why do you speak so passively? And why do you like speak with like qualifiers? And I was like, oh shit. <laughs> and it was because it was developing in my writing so much. And Jen warned me about it. I love Jen. I love you. I love you. This is not a read. Um, Jen warned me about it way early in Roman's Reckoning to the point to where she stopped editing my book. And she's like, you fix this now. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, she does that to us too. Yeah. Um, so she did that and I fixed a lot of it, but there were um there, 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 there was still so much more that needed to be fixed. And you know, like like when we had Chase on here earlier, it's like it's one thing to look at a book and read it. It's another thing to hear somebody say all of your mistakes out loud. And so I have to deal with that when I listen to the audiobooks now. Luckily, I can say my passiveness and my qualifiers are getting so much better to the point to where they're barely existent in book three. And that's probably the number one reason why I say book three is probably the best writing. Um, And I think it's honestly just a confidence thing. You know, you don't, you know, when, when you first start out and you feel like, you're writing something definitive. And even though you take chances and take risks with, you know, some of the scene work that you do, some of the character development that you do, I think that was a way for me subconsciously to say, I hope the reader accepts this. And so I don't want to make anything definitive. And that's why I wrote in qualifiers. It's probably also my upbringing, Minnesota nice. Hence why I want to read a satirical book about it. Um, I hope you buy your Minnesota book, don't you know? Uh, it's really close. Um, actually, I, I grew up, I, I was born there in, in, uh, in Northfield. Oh my God. Don't you <laughs> know? I bet you know a town called Blue Earth. Yeah, yeah. Mm, that's where I went to school. Oh, well, that's fun. See, when I get around my Minnesotian um uh oh my I, god I, yeah Christ. yeah no i oh my god. oh my god we need to go down and get a brusque it's terrible my boyfriend can always tell when my parents call me because he's like so did you talk to your dad today <laughs> <laughs> he knows he knows it's it it goes i slip right back into it 
So we'll talk on. some other time. But yeah. So um, so so you know the phrase Minnesota nice. Yeah. Right now, I mean it's a work a work in progress, but literally I want to call the title Minnesota Naughty. Forgive me. Oh, I like it. I like it. Like it. I do. I like it. That's, I like it. That's where I'm going with it. But holy cow. But yeah, that's that that's where I think this all stems from is I, I think this kind of subconscious, um, almost um um inability to feel confident about what I'm doing. And then just finally by the time the third book came along, I'm kind of like, you know, I'm done doing this. I've been catching myself. It's interesting how even when I'm in the moment writing and I still write it, and then I'll go back and reread it. I'm like, why the hell did I add that word in there? It's like, and then all you have to do is delete it. And the, the sentence is just fine, but it's all these extra qualifiers that I added in there that um, I'm slowly getting better with each book, getting rid of. And, um, and Erica always, always points us out that, uh, you know, authors should really be mindful about taking years to write. Because with each page you write, you're a better writer than you were on the last page. Yeah. And so if you take I think you long quote writing, that. I think you, I seriously think you need to quote that and like make it your own. Like that is like. She's a fucking genius, Lucas. She, yes. <laughs> fucking genius. I'm serious. I'm serious. I, I, I appreciate it. Make that it, a quote. Put it right after your name. <laughs> you will make millions off of that. I'm serious. Yeah. Well, and it's, it's, I'm writing an article about it so that we can get it out there because I think writers do themselves in because if you take too long to do a book, you're a better writer. Like every moment that passes, you're a better writer, you know? Well, some days we might be a little off, but um, most of the yeah. time, yeah, we all have a little off days, but you know, most of the time we're, we just get better and better. So if you go back and you wait forever and look at the book, you're going to be like, fuck, flip the table and start again. Yeah. And you're just going to be in a vicious cycle of flipping the table every five minutes. <laughs> so no, no good. No bueno. Okay. We, um, oh. you know what? Uh, look how surprised that looks. <laughs> it's it's shameless plug time. It's shameless it plug time. time. I was like, holy shit. Okay, Lucas. Yes. Tell people, by the way, I if you don't do this correctly, I'm going to. Your books are available anywhere. And if people want to go to their local bookstore and support small little independent books and ask bookstores and ask for your books, they can find them there. So where can people find your books and you? You can find my books anywhere. <laughs> Good. Good job. <laughs> oh my gosh. You dodged the Erica nice era. Things for the oh my God. Okay. <laughs> um, but uh, let, let, like I said, you can find all my books at the major uh, outlets. Um, and of course, you know, Four Horsemen being amazing. Um, they are make sure that that can happen. Thank you very much. And you can reach me, uh, like I said, on Facebook. You got um, author Lucas Lamont on there. You have my Wix at the same, which is probably the best way to get uh, through to me. And I am very, very excited. On March 25th, we have Stephen's Second Chance Part 1 being released in digital hardcover. And I cannot wait for Chase Johnson to do the audiobook and have that come out as well. And that should be soon. So that should be very exciting within the next month or two. So yay. 
Because it was so much fun having you on this podcast. This was so, so much, much fun. I looked forward to this all day. Just like <laughs> any like 1960s, like born or before woman, I cleaned the entire house for this. So I was so <laughs> excited for this podcast. Oh my gosh, you say that. And like right now, there's so, if I turn my camera, there's so much stuff piled up in this room for getting ready for my construction project. You say clean, and I'm like, (laughs) (laughs) so fantastic having you here. Guys, this has been Drinking with Authors, the Literary Briefs Edition. I've been your host, Erica Lance. My co host has been the ever, ever entertaining Valerie Willis. Okay, so be sure to like and subscribe. Our guest was Lucas Lamont. Look at how on top of everything you are. So it takes getting an illness and you've got this all nailed down correctly. It was the hot chocolate that you down. Like, this is, this is me on chocolate. Oh my God, it comes full circle. Ah, uh, we knew it would. Guys, we'll catch you next time. <laughs>